0: Today is Father's Day, but uh, I get to do this because I got the mic. It's also uh, my 40th wedding anniversary to Denise. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in 10 years we'll do that again, you know, (laughs) for the 50th. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, We're going to talk today about mistakes. Mistakes. And uh, some of us are very familiar with that term. Uh, An error, a blunder, to be wrong, to be incorrect. Uh, An example of a mistake, a gentleman who received a flower arrangement. He just opened a brand new business. Flowers came. He saw it was from a friend, but he was puzzled at the card, which which said, rest in peace. (laughs) He called the florist who realized immediately he'd mistakenly sent an arrangement to the cemetery with a card which said, good luck in your new location. <laughs> That's a mistake. <laughs> or uh, a Christian couple who asked the cake decorator to put on their wedding cake, First John 4.18. There's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. But instead of putting First John 4:18, they actually put in John 4:18, Gospel, which reads, "You have had five husbands." <laughs> and the man you now have is not your husband." <laughs> That's a mistake. <laughs> uh, interestingly, the Bible's loaded with people who've made blunders and mistakes. Uh, folks who uh, just made poor choices, Uh, a mistake for Goliath to mess with David. That was a mistake. He didn't know it, but it was. It was a mistake for Pharaoh to try to go to battle with Moses and Jehovah God. It was a mistake for Samson to mess around with this beautiful woman named Delilah. Delilah. Now, what's interesting is the Bible is filled with examples of people who mess up and blow it. Actually, there's more examples of mistakes than there are of people who live obediently and always do it God's way. And I think, as I think about that, I think we, we tend to learn more from our mistakes than just our ordinary lives. We, we tend, when we crash... And burn, oftentimes those are the things that we look back and remember. So, this morning, we're going to look at uh, a father who made some mistakes. Now, what's interesting is what we're going to look at in the area of being a father. He, he made some fatal flaw mistakes. But other than that, it seems like he was a pretty good guy. He, he did things mostly good But today, we're going to hone in on uh, how he raised his sons. And why are we doing that? Give me your attention. By God's grace, we're going to learn from his mistakes. We're going to learn and say, Lord, help me not to repeat the mistakes that we're going to look at here this morning. So locate with me in your Bible, way back in the old section of God's Word, the book of first Samuel we're going to be in chapter 2 and uh, if you're able would you stand with me we're going to read verses 12 to 17 first Samuel chapter 2 there on your phone in your Bible we'll put it up here on the screen let's uh, read out loud together Ready? here we go now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord Or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a pre fork while the meat of the sacrificed animal was still boiling. The servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. The man offering the sacrifice might reply, Take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, No, give it to me now or I'll take it by force. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for including even the mistakes of scoundrels in your book. So thank you that uh, we can learn from uh, what goes on here and what we're going to talk about here this morning. And uh, we ask, Lord, that we won't follow their foolish mistakes. I want to say thank you, Lord, for each and every father here. Um, They could be a hundred other places, but they chose to be here in your church. Thank you for each father and their example with their presence. I pray for your blessing on their lives. I pray for their children, their grandchildren. I pray for their marriages. Lord, I pray for your blessing on them. And Lord, like we do each Sunday, we invite the third person of the Trinity, Jesus in spirit form. We invite you to come and take charge today in your church. Because this is your church. You died. You paid for it. You're the one that empowered. This is your church. We need to hear from you today. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. At least four critical mistakes I see here that uh, Eli and his sons made. Taking notes, uh, here we go. First mistake that Eli made is he assumed, since his sons grew up around the tabernacle, That was the movable uh, presence of God in a tent form. Since they grew up around the tabernacle, since they were involved full-time in uh, all that the Jews were doing spiritually, they were involved in the sacrifices that would cover the sins of the people until Jesus came. Since they were involved, he assumed well, they're just going to naturally grow up to love the Lord, the God of the Bible, right? Because they're all around Jehovah and they know about Jehovah and, and they're, they're just going to naturally follow him and obey him. Just pause for a moment. I believe Hophni and Phineas would be all-stars at Bible trivia. They knew the answers. They grew up in the Torah. They they knew all about the Bible. Their full-time job was daily in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Okay? They knew all the rules. They knew the regulations. They knew the procedures. But if you look at verse 12, here's what God's Word says. They were scoundrels. NIV, they were wicked men. Okay? Even though they grew up all around the Lord, uh, they still were scoundrels and wicked men. Verse 17, chapter 2, they showed their contempt for the Lord's offerings, even though their father, Eli, was the high priest. Okay, So, so dad just assumed you're doing God's stuff. Of course you're going to know God. Of course you're going to do it God's way. Hophni and Phineas knew all about the Lord. They just weren't interested in knowing the one they worked for. They just weren't interested in obeying the God that they served, okay? Don't miss this. Give me your eyes, okay? This is huge. Just because you have your children and your grandchildren in church every Sunday, okay, and, and they're involved in community kids... And they're involved in middle school ministry and high school ministry with Pastor Brent. Just because you have them here in church, and they know all about church, just like Hophni and Phineas, they can know all the biblical answers. They can catch the system and miss the Savior. Does that make sense? They, They can get how we do church and we stand during the songs and when Pastor Jeff is done, we say amen. You can know all the things we do. You can catch the form. You can understand the skeleton of what goes on here each and every Sunday and miss the core. You can miss the heart. You can miss the central thing that we're all about. You can miss that you need a personal daily relationship with Jesus that's what this is all about that's why we do what we do and what's sad is our children and our grandchildren can miss that we assume well they're here they're all around it and yet they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ my first responsibility you ready is for Jeff to daily walk with Jesus Second responsibility, I'm to be a godly husband to Denise and a godly father to my three children. And then I'm called, by God's grace, to be a godly shepherd to the church family here. You understand? But that's the priority. First, I have to daily walk with Jesus. Then I do that in my family responsibilities. And then I'm called to do that here in the church family. Here's my question, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, give me your eyes. Do you know for certain that your children and your grandchildren know Jesus personally? Have you asked? Have you have you dug in a little bit? Have you done a little bit of uh, investigation? Because that's core. That's key. You know, Eli assumed. Hophni, phineas they're going to be okay. Why? Because they're all around the Lord's work, but he never dug in with them. He, he never paid attention where their hearts were really at. Second mistake that we can learn from this family is seen in chapter 2. Slide down to verse 22. We'll read down through verse 25. It says, Now Eli was very old. But he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, catch this, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Okay, Um, Eli said to them, I've been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you're doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? Their response. But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father. For the Lord was already planning to judge them, to put them to death. Okay? Here's the second mistake. Let me just uh, pull it out clearly. He got so caught up in the demands of his job as Israel's high priest, he was so busy with the work of the Lord that he neglected his duty as father of Hophni and Phinehas. He says he's old. So finally when he's old, uh, I'm sure that's 20 years older than us, because that's what old is. I notice, I keep, I keep moving that bar. 20 years older than me, that's when you're old. Anyway, um, when he's old, he finally wakes up. We got a problem here. By then, they weren't listening. Okay? Uh, he neglected his duty as father. Now, please understand, the duties of being high priest were huge. All the priests, all the sacrifices all of the feasts that would uh, be a part of the tabernacle, that would be the modern-day equivalent of running a medium-sized factory. Okay, Here's what I mean. He probably had two, three, four hundred workers that he was responsible to organize and get them to understand all the procedures that were going on. My point is this would be a huge responsibility. So let's not minimize... Eli's job. It was big. It, it, was, it was consuming. But he was so consumed with his job that he neglected an even more important responsibility, okay? Uh, chapter 2, verse 22, says that uh, other people, he says, were coming to tell him about the sinful things his boys were doing, okay? Verse 23, I've been hearing, boys, some bad reports, okay? Verse 27, uh, one day a man of God came to Eli and gave him this message from the Lord. The Lord even sends a prophet, a messenger, uh, to warn Eli. You just need to know there's some bad things going on, Eli. here's, Here's the point. Eli didn't have the time Didn't have the interest, didn't have the energy, perhaps, to get involved in his children's life. Busy. What's interesting, it says nothing in here that that was bad about how he ran the tabernacle. Seems like he was a really effective high priest. Nothing about his job is criticized. But when it came to his boys, Eli had a fatal flaw. He didn't take the time that was needed to get involved in his to discipline them, to train them, to teach them to love the Lord their God, okay? Here's the point, Ready, right? Fathers, no one else can be your children's father but you, okay? You're called to be your children's father. Uh, fathers, no one else can love their mothers. That's your job, okay? So nobody can take your spot. You're called to be their fathers and you're called to love their mothers. If we're so busy with jobs and hobbies and sports and we could go on Netflix and YouTube and a screen and we don't have time for our families, then bluntly we're too busy. That's just the truth. If we don't have time to take care of our children and our grandchildren, then we're too busy. I would say James 1.5 applies. Lord, would you show me clearly, give me wisdom, give me guidance, show me how and where I can make time for my family. That's huge, and we're called to it. So Lord, would you show us? Make it clear. Third mistake that we see... uh, in uh, this family, and in Eli's life, is found in verses 27 to 29. Here we go. One day a man of God came to Eli, gave him this message from the Lord. I revealed myself to your ancestors when they were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. I chose your ancestor Aaron from among all the tribes of Israel to be my priest to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, to wear the priestly vest as he served me. And I assigned the sacrificial offerings to your priests. Verse 27. So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? You and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people Israel. Okay? Third mistake. uh, He he has to send a messenger to Eli. This is a prophet from God and says, hey, you're spoiling and you're pleasing your sons more than you're honoring me. That's his third mistake. Okay? Uh, You could have stopped Hophni and Phinehas. You could have trained them. You could have had them do it my way, but instead you spoiled them you, you turned your head and you're just not willing to pay the price to step up and make the effort and be the father they needed you to be. You, you just you, you cared more about what they thought of you than what I think of you. Okay, I don't know what was going on in Eli's head. Maybe he wanted to be uh, the fun dad. Maybe he wanted everybody to like him. Uh, maybe he didn't want to look bad and have them talk negatively about him. I'm not sure what it was, but Eli made the fatal mistake of caring more what his sons thought about him instead of what God thought about him. Do you remember? Some of you aren't old enough, but you might see it on uh, Nick at Night or somewhere else. But there was uh, an old TV show called Hogan's Heroes. Anybody remember that? Okay. And my, my favorite character in that was a guy named Sergeant Schultz. I think we might have a picture of Sergeant Schultz. There he is. Okay. Do you remember his line? Okay. I see nothing. I hear nothing. I know nothing. That's how Eli was parenting. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I don't know anything. Don't tell me about it. Besides, I'm probably not going to do anything about it anyway. Okay. Eli. Track with me as God's top man in his chosen people. He was high priest over all of Israel. But he wasn't willing to do the hard stuff to save his boys. Okay? He thought he was being the fun dad, but actually he was the dad who turned his back and they're going to get judged. And we're going to see that in just a minute. So he really wasn't the fun dad. Um here's my question. Is there anything you're ignoring in your family? Just turning your head? I I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to talk to this person about that situation because it's going to make some waves and they might not like me. They might talk poorly about me. Is there anything going on that you're choosing to ignore? Or maybe you'd say like, uh, like Joshua did in, in his book. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, that, that's really what you're called. As for me and my house, we're going to do it God's way. Now, the fourth and final mistake we're going to see here is the mistake Hophni and Phinehas make. Okay, about their situation. I really believe Hophni and Phinehas thought they were great with God. Because dad's the high priest, you know? Dad's got, got God's ear. The guy upstairs really likes dad. So we're just going to ride dad's spiritual coattails and we'll be good with God. Because dad's in with them, okay? They assumed that because their dad was close to the man upstairs, they could sin and spit in God's face and be just fine, okay? Recall... Back in verses 12 and 17 of chapter 2, when they were young adults, scoundrels, wicked in God's sight. And now we're going to see some of the uh, results. If you go to chapter 4 of 1 Samuel and go to verse 14, uh, here is uh, the sad ending. Uh, What is all the noise about? Eli asked. The messenger rushed over to Eli who was 98 years old and blind, okay? He said to Eli, I've just come from the battlefield. I was there this very day. What happened, my son, Eli demanded. Verse 17, Israel has been defeated by the Philistines. The manager replied, the people have been slaughtered, and your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were also killed. And the ark of God has been captured by the Philistines. Verse 18, when the messenger mentioned what had happened to the ark of God, Eli fell backward from his seat beside the gate. He broke his neck and died. For he was old and overweight. He had been Israel's judge for 40 years. Wow. Wow. Um, very sad ending to a tragic family situation. Hophni and Phinehas are killed in battle. The ark of the Lord is captured by the Philistines. Eli breaks his neck as he falls backward. Okay? Here's what you need to know God, God cares what goes on in our families. And he judges Hophni and Phinehas and Eli for their sin and their rebellion. So, uh, here's what you need to hear. The Lord held them accountable. Even though Eli was not a good father, he did not do a good job training and teaching and loving them and disciplining them. But here's what you need to know. We're responsible for our lives. Hophni and Phinehas were responsible before the Lord. They were Past the age of accountability, they were held responsible for their rebellion. And I don't know what you grew up with. Some of us had good families and good and godly fathers. And the truth is, some of us, our parents were more like Eli. Here's what I would say. If that's you, then you need to seek help and get healing so you can move on and see God's victory in your life over the bondages of the past. So that's real. This isn't always an easy holiday. If you didn't have a good and godly father in your life, this is hard. So then go and get some help. Go see a Christian counselor who loves Jesus and his word and get some victory over your past. Let's not repeat the tragic mistakes that some of us grew up with. Here's how Paul explains the purpose of the Old Testament. I think it's interesting. Here's the purpose of the old section for us. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Okay? So here's here's the purpose let's learn the lessons from God's book the Lord has given us this sad story so we don't have to make the same disastrous mistakes okay let's just review them real fast first don't assume that just because your children and your grandchildren are in church they're good with Jesus because that's not necessarily true Let's make sure our kids know about Jesus and know him personally and they're daily walking and growing in relationship with him. Second, let's not let anything as fathers, mothers, let's not let anything as grandparents prevent us from doing our job, our duty to teach and train and correct and show the way with our children and grandchildren. First priority, walk with Jesus for you. Second, lean into your wives and into your families. Third, um, fathers, parents, we're called not to be our children's friends first. That's great, but that'll probably come later. We're called to teach and train and discipline, make sure we care more about what Jesus thinks about what we're doing than what our children do. And I'm telling you, that's hard. Because today, we've kind of been taught, they, they got to like you. They, they need to be your friend. No, that'll probably come 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Right now, teach them and train them and correct them in Jesus. Fourth, Hophni and Phinehas couldn't skate into heaven on Eli's faith. Okay? And our children and our grandchildren, they can't coast on our spiritual coattails either. Okay? Uh, and again, if you got trouble with with your family that you grew up in, well, then let's, let's do the hard work. Let's get healing. And that way, we can be healthy with our current families. Amen? Fathers, we're proud of you. Thank you for being here. Happy Father's Day. Um, let's learn from these mistakes. Bow your heads with me as we close. Lord, um, thank you. For giving us the examples to learn and grow from. And Lord, it says, if we think we're standing strong, be careful. Because we might not be. Lots of temptations today, Lord. Um, And would you help us to look carefully and closely at our families, would you? And if there's some situations going on, Lord, that shouldn't be there, would you help us not to turn our heads and ignore it. Help us, Lord, to have your wisdom, your discernment, your strength, your power to make adjustments, to make change as needed and necessary. And Lord, uh, if there's anybody here today in the building or anybody watching online who doesn't know your son Jesus, they might know about jesus they might know about the bible but they don't know your son personally would you make that clear even right now open their hearts door knock real loud lord make them hungry to know you and to follow you jesus didn't come to earth to make bad people good did you know that Jesus came to earth to make dead people alive. And all of us are dead and fall short of God's glory. Jesus came to earth, lived a sinless life, built the bridge to eternal life on the cross. And the resurrection from the dead. He did that for us. And you too can have a personal relate. You can go from being dead spiritually to being alive in Jesus. But you need to say yes, Jesus. Yes, I believe those facts for me. You took my place on the cross. You shed your blood. You took my place in the tomb. You arose victorious. You did that for me. And then you receive. You open up the door to your life and you welcome Jesus in. Come on in, Jesus. I choose to follow you. Take charge. Be my king, rule and reign. I'm going to follow you. You're watching online. Hit the prayer button. If you're here in person, make your way over to the prayer corner. We'll celebrate with you. We'll help you get going on your journey with Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have to celebrate the fathers. Um, thank you, Lord, for uh, the fathers watching online and those who are here in person. Lord, might they realize They're needed and necessary today, maybe now more than ever. We love you. We're grateful for your book. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.